Hello, everyone, and welcome back to week number 18 of It's Not the Worst Movie Ever podcast. I'm your host, Sterling Hammer, and here's my co-host, Lee Paddock. We bring you this podcast on October 19th, 2020. As always, spoiler alert, now let's get into that podcast. I'm going to pass it right over to Lee this week, as you know. All right, well, as we all know, uh, it's uh, my choice for this week's film, and we're continuing our uh, spooky Halloween season with uh, a sequel to uh, my previous film, The Exorcist. An actual spooky movie for the spooky season, except for you boyfriends. Ooh, my movie's coming for you! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Cringe. <laughs> well, you were cringing while we were watching this film. <laughs> we'll get into that. Uh, but uh, this week we watched Exorcist 3. Very uh, random movie. In a way, yes. And we'll kind of go into why you probably you probably think that. Um, when you kind of... When we sort of go into this, it'll s- kind of sort of make sense to you why the movie is the way that it is. But uh, let's kind of talk a little, give a little introduction to it. Um, it was released in 1990, um, August 17th, I think. Very 90s feel. So yeah, this is a, you know, uh, it's basically like its 30th anniversary this year. Oh jeez. Um, a lot so of 30th nice. anniversaries. Yeah, it's crazy. Shout out to the one we just saw recently, Total mm. Recall. Oh, yeah. Saw it in the theaters, everyone. That was fun. Just a little... Definitely was. Tidbit on the side. Theaters are open, at least for now. If you're in the Riverside area, go. Go see uh, go see movies. Tenet's good, too. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, this movie... I'm going to go kind of into the plot right here. Uh, this we movie. We got some notes for this one, guys. I actually have some extensive notes on this one. Oh yeah, Lee. Oh yeah, Lee never has extensive notes. Of course not. <laughs> um, so yeah, the plot of this film is that uh, we pick up 15 years or so after the original Exorcist, uh, and we follow what was base, who was basically a minor character in the first film, uh, the detective. Uh, William Kinderman, um, who he is now sort of, uh, he's now the protagonist of this film. Randomly. Um, I wouldn't say so. I think that kind of, s- we'll get into that. But, uh, yeah, he is, uh, he's much older now, much more cynical, uh, much more sad. It's, you know, we pit, the, the film opens with, um, Basically, it's the 15th anniversary of the, the death of Damien Karras um, as he threw himself uh, out of the window to uh, save the, the young girl, Reagan, uh, in the original film. Um, we flash back to that scene a couple of times. Um, and now he uh, Kinderman is uh, investigating a series of really bizarre murders that are happening. Um, that have some sort of religious connotation to them. And uh, he gets sort of pulled into this sort of strange world of, uh, you know, this this mental hospital where there's a patient there who's claiming to be a deceased serial killer uh, known as the Gemini Killer. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, is it is it that the Gemini killer is not dead and he's committing these murders, or is there some sort of other weird? Is it a copycat killer? Uh, mm-hmm. This is a much m- more. This is a different film than the original, um, where that movie kind of felt like that was like a family drama. You know, it was about a mother who was willing to do anything to save her child from this. Yeah, it was a very isolated little incident. Exactly. This, this movie, movie was affecting the whole town. This movie feels way more ambitious. Like this feels almost sort of like. <laughs> Yeah, like, they got a whole town terrorized. Like this, yeah, this feels like kind of like the more big budget sequel that you would kind of get out of like a traditional movie franchise. Yeah. Um, and it's weird that this is the actual direct sequel um, to the original Exorcist. Exorcist, this movie ignores Exorcist too. Um, that's why I didn't show you that, and nor will I ever. Yeah. Unless we do a. Well, you did kind of have an idea about doing a bad movie podcast. Um, <laughs> so maybe <laughs> we might watch that movie one day. Uh, but yeah, Exorcist 2 is garbage, and this movie completely ignores it. Um, and uh, yeah, this film goes in a lot of uh, directions um, that uh, kind of throw you off. Uh, in the beginning, um, and yeah, it's all gonna, over. It's just we're we're, we're, we're gonna get we're gonna I really yeah we're gonna get into Is it this movie. No, it's this movie. No, it's this movie. We're gonna get into why it was like that. This film had a pretty troubled production, but let's kind of I want to go through uh, our cast. Uh, this film stars George C. Scott as uh, Detective William Kinderman, who replaces the original actor. Probably like uh, a thousand. Uh, he had actually passed away three years after the original. Oh, that's Exorcist. terrible. That actor's name was Lee J. Cobb. Um, and you weren't really, you didn't really care much about that character in the original His movie. Plot meant nothing. I kind, I, I kind of liked him because I thought he was sort of like a quirky character, and I liked his performance. Um, this movie, George C. Scott is a little bit different. Um, he's a lot more gruff. Um, he's, you could see like the weight of all that he's had to deal with. Uh, the over decades the of being a, a detective. Yeah, of seeing just like with horrible a kid murders. and a wife and yeah, exactly. The 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 mother-in-law you living know. with him. And you know, we're opening up at a point where he's he's grieving. He's grieving for his lost friend, Damien Karras. Um. Uh, and he, uh, he has to really, um, deal with, uh, even more just, like, terrible things with these murders, um, especially in the beginning, when the first murder is that of a young black boy. Yeah, pretty um, fucked up. And I mean, all he, the murders are fucked up. The way he describes it to, uh, you know, his friend, who we'll talk about in just a moment, uh, it's one of my favorite scenes. Uh, in the whole film, the cafe scene. Oh yeah. Um, I think the dialogue in that scene is really just perfect in a way. I think I um, uh, but we'll talk a little bit more about that in uh, <laughs> a little bit later. Uh, then we'll go into uh, Ed Flanders, who plays 
<laughs> I know it kind of sounds like Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. <laughs> I don't know if his name was an inspiration for that or you know, I I don't know, but uh <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh but yeah, he plays uh Father Dyer who also uh he's sort of uh, replacing the original actor who played him in the uh in the first Exorcist film. Uh, that act, he was actually wasn't an actor. He was uh, a, a priest. priest. He was a real priest. He's probably doing. And I, I think I things. told the story where um, William Friedkin, yeah, slapped him in the face, uh, in order the, to the get him to emote. Yeah, when he was crying, he wasn't crying because you know he was, just, you know, <laughs> he wasn't emoting. He was just like, Ugh. I just got slapped. Like I just got bitch slapped. It was pure. Just nerves. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we bring in, you know, Ed Flanders, who uh, I've only seen in one other film, and that was the only other film that the, the director of this film directed. Um, huh. who we'll, uh, we'll get into in just a moment. We'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, I really like uh, Ed Flanders in this movie. I like Father Dyer. For how long film, he is old, in it. Yeah, you... He has a very brief role in this film. <laughs> we'll get into that. Um, and I just like, yeah, I like uh, some of the scenes he has in the beginning of the movie where he's talking to the, the head priest of the university, the father president. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're like, and he's... Who's just kind of like lazy and sad and drunk <laughs> the whole time. Just, I'm too tired to do anything. Priests are getting killed left and right and people. And I'm just like... Oh, what can me. I do about it? I'm just going to drink whiskey and gin all day and stare at this rosary and hope the demon doesn't kill me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a scene between him and uh, Father Dyer that I really like where he's like, you know, you <laughs> apparently you insulted one of our benefactors. He's like, well, he's like, what did you say to him? He's like, oh, I said Jesus loves you, but everyone th <laughs> everyone else thinks you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was one of the. Yeah, Funny it's like scenes in this movie. Yeah, um, so he he's really good. I really like, I really like the characters in this movie. Um, and then we have, uh, we have a returning cast member, finally, Jason Miller, huh? uh, who played Father Karras, who we all thought was dead, uh, in the original, uh, but uh, through uh, some pretty. Somewhat convoluted circumstances. Very. Um, is this highway going straight? No, it's <laughs> going in a loop-de-loop. -loop. Some pretty convoluted circumstances. He is alive. Um, and uh, we'll kind of go into why things have to be so convoluted for Jason Miller to be in this film. Um, but, I, you know, I actually think... With the material that he's given, uh, he's very good. And considering the the reason why he was uh, <laughs> he was sort of brought in at the last second, um, you know, it's it's kind of impressive that he uh, he he's under you know at the end of the film when he's all demoned out. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he uh, he's kind of uh, he's kind of menacing a little bit. In some of the in uh, some of his very brief scenes that he has, oh, the demon. I'm talking about Jason Miller. 
as Father Cares when he at the end of the movie when he's possessed and he's oh, all yeah, yeah. demoned out. Yeah, he all looks all like that's what I said. That he looks he's got he's all looks like Palpatine a demon. eyes. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> I disagree completely. That's why I was so flabbergasted. I thought you would have agreed with me. It looks cheesy and poorly done. I thought the demon from the first movie, which is like, what, like 15 years younger than this movie, looked way better. The makeup looked way better. This is just, Older. they put like contacts and they're like, make him gray. <laughs> he's just like, oh, I'm a demon. <laughs> the other one, is she's got cuts all over and she's green and well, pussy. Well, it's rushed. Teeth are all fucked up. It's ah. very rushed, yeah. We'll get into that. <laughs> yes. Dog shit. But, uh, yeah, I think in the beginning when he's, like, talking about, you know, killing the, like, the girl. I don't think he's ever creepy. I think it's creepy when he turns into the actual. Well, but, 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 I'll, I'll get into that right now. The, uh, the last main member of the cast that I want to highlight, um, we'll talk about some of the other characters and actors in this film. <laughs> Sorry, jeez. Um... But, yeah, because I was just about to get to him. So the last uh, main member, or me- last, like, main actor that I want to get into is uh, Brad Dorif, um, who I think is the absolute MVP of this movie. He comes in pretty late, and his appearance is very jarring, and I knew it was going to throw you off. It threw me off when I first watched this movie. But he plays the spirit of the Gemini killer that is inhabiting the body of Damien Karras, which is why Damien Karras is alive. Complicated. As as Damien Karras' spirit was slipping out of his body, the demon from the first film slipped the soul of this serial killer who had just been executed time, yeah. uh, into his body so he could continue his horrible deeds. Um, but the uh, the doctors pronounce him dead, apparently, and then he gets buried. But I guess the Gemini spirit basically willed Karis's body to be alive just enough so he can climb out of the uh, the coffin and get discovered, and uh, he was like living as a homeless person. I think he said too. Yeah, um, he gets discovered. He gets taken to this mental institution, and so now this spirit, this evil spirit, is inhabiting the bodies of these canatonic. Elderly patients. Well, they're not canatonic. They're just like dementia. And dementia ridden. He does. He does uh, go after canatonics. He says canatonics are so easy to possess. Yeah, um, people who are just not there anymore. Their just brains are gone. Yeah, he possesses these people to commit. They the have murders. no will to fight. And this is all part of the demon's plan to uh, create a scandal um, uh, in the church, essentially. That a priest is committing all these murders, and the, the yeah the plan is is that you know he's possessing the bodies of these old people, but they're gonna blame it on he but wants why w- he wants Kinderman to tell the press 
that it's this patient that was the Gemini. But I never get killer. why. I mean, I maybe he's like now threatening him. Like that's why he's like, oh, I'm gonna go after your daughter and all that stuff. But like, I never get like what like the pre like. They have the thought. They have the fingerprints of the old people. There's no way they could go like, "Oh yeah, it was that guy," even though we have the fingerprints fingerprints of someone else. Hmm. The police yeah. aren't gonna be able to write down. Oh well, he's possessed, and like he's possessing him. <laughs> like no one's gonna believe that shit. Again, yeah, it's a little convoluted. And they never even tried to bring it up. The whole exorcism shit. Spoiler shoved in there. Makes no sense. All right. Well, yeah. Base. We'll. I guess we'll talk a little bit more about Brad Dourif later. But, well, actually, we'll we'll segue into that. So, Brad Dourif. The reason why things are so convoluted, and that we had we open up that his the first scene with Kinderman and Karis, um, has Jason Miller in it, and then it just suddenly shifts to Brad Dourif fucking just hollering. <laughs> Into the camera. No, no. Yeah, having a ra- raving. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about some of the like amazing monologues <laughs> uh, that are in this film. Lilo's uh, monologues. Yeah, I just I love Brad Dourif in this movie. Um, I think he he gives this movie like a, a shot of adrenaline that this movie kind of needs like later in the film because it's very this movie's very slow paced. Boring. Um, just like the first one. I think more. this movie has a slightly faster pace than the original, though. Yeah, this feels like more of a bigger budget movie. It is. Um, so, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about... Let's get into some of the production troubles of this film and why this movie is kind of a mess. <laughs> as much as I really like it, um, it's definitely a movie that was tampered with and people were fighting over um, so William Peter Blatty, let's talk a little bit about William Peter Blatty, the director of this film and writer. William Peter Blatty is the man who created this entire universe, universe basically. He wrote the original Exorcist novel. He wrote the screenplay for the original film. Um, so this is his baby. So well, he wasn't involved in the second one. He was not. He was asked to be a part of the second one. Him and William Friedkin. The studio was like, all right, you want to do a sequel? And they were both kind of like, nah. And then William Friedkin uh, made a movie that basically kind of killed his career (laughs) uh, for a little bit. He made some movies after that, but (laughs) uh, definitely not as as, uh, great or as noteworthy. Should have made Exorcist 2. Maybe. (laughs) Even though, like the the movie he made, apparently is actually like a kind of a another sort of underrated gem. Nah. Uh, apparently, but uh, I haven't seen it. Um, it was the movie that was crushed by Star Wars, apparently. Nice. Um, yeah. So, anyways. Uh, so William Peter Blat, yeah, William Peter Blatty made his own movie, at uh at that time, or actually right at, like at right after. Exorcist 2 um, was based on one of his other novels that he had written. Um, it's the only other film that he directed. It's a movie called The Ninth Configuration. Uh, kind Never of an heard in- of it. Yeah, very, uh, again, kind of an underrated film. Very interesting film. Um, the ending leaves a little bit to be desired. Uh, it's not as cool as it as it could be. 
Um, what it ends kind of happy. <laughs> not really. Um, <laughs> but uh, maybe I'll show that movie to you. But after um, he saw Exorcist 2, and he was like, are you fucking kidding me? What have you guys done to my baby? Like, you fucking, like, this has nothing to do with anything that I, you know, that I'm interested in. So he actually wrote a screenplay for, uh, for you know, a follow-up to The Exorcist that would actually be a more direct sequel. Um, but no one at the time was really interested in it. The studio was like, we just we because just took th- a th- this Exorcist Two was such a, a disaster. Um, that <laughs> the little side note about that movie is that it was so bad that it was booed out of theaters so much so that the director had to uh, re-edit it and re-release it. Uh, in theaters, like a week after its initial release, to try to make it mo- make sense, I guess, because it's a not it's that movie's a convoluted, fucking disaster too. Um, mm. And so yeah, the, the 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 Exorcist franchise had a lot of stink on it. Um, and so never, it always carried on that stink. Yeah, even in the later ones. Well, I think this movie kind of seems like the Exorcist franchise really is cursed, a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, so the uh, no, no one was interested in making another Exorcist movie, even with William Peter Blatty, the guy who created this thing. They're like the name's tainted. Absolutely. Um, so he decided to turn that screenplay into a novel. Um, it was not called. It had. No, The Exorcist was not in the title. The novel was called Legion. The yeah, screenplay, they were like, no, 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 it can't be called The Exorcist. The screenplay was going to be called Legion. Because, believe it or not, even though this is a sequel to The Exorcist, this movie was, this story has nothing to do with exorcism. There was never meant to be an exorcism in this movie at all. There isn't an exorcism in the book. There wasn't an exorcism in any of the original screenplays uh, that he wrote. There's many drafts. How are they going to defeat the demon? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you in a moment. (laughs) So, uh, during the mid-'80s, Morgan Creek, the studio that produced this film, uh, decided, because I think they somehow acquired the rights to uh, The Exorcist. Probably cheap. At that point, yeah. Warner Brothers was like, <laughs> Never making this shit again. Um, although I think they have the rights to the original Exorcist still. The movie. Um, and the second one. I think. Not this one. Um, so, yeah, Morgan Creek uh, suddenly gained interest in like the mid-80s. Uh, and tapped William Peter Blatty to, uh, you know, write another screenplay that was based on his novel. Um, and he turned out something that, uh, well, because I, I watched the so-called director's cut of this movie. 
of all of the assembled footage that they could find um, because uh, apparently all the original foot, most of the original footage that they shot for this movie is lost. Just deleted um, story. Like, it's terrible. Never let anyone see this garbage. <laughs> no, it's, I, I, I don't understand how it was lost. It's really, it's very strange um, that, like, a lot of the original footage, like, cut footage from What's the original the, Exorcist. What do they say? Well, because the uh, because the studio was kind of disappointed in the direction that William Peter Blatty was taking this movie, or had taken the film, uh, there was no exorcism. Um, uh, it was more of a, it was going to be more of like a supernatural thriller, more like a mystery. Yeah. And that's kind of what a lot of this movie is, the the theatrical cut that we watched yeah. is. Um, it's more of a murder mystery kind of thing. Um, but they were like, especially after they're they like, saw it's the called end. Exorcist. It's not, though. It was it was going to be called Legion. Yeah, but they're like, we want to call it Exorcist. They wanted it to be called The Exorcist. And they wanted it to be called Exorcist 3 to make it... Just, just so you know that it's a sequel. So it's like, uh, yeah. So it seemed like a saga and like a or like a trilogy and like, but because they it was 1990. It's 15 years later. The people who saw Exorcist as kids are older now. I feel like they were like, we're gonna go for the nostalgia factor. But it's like after Exorcist two, like people were, the, the, it's like people probably thought it was a joke. Really, Exorcist three? Are you kidding me? How many people remembered? That's kind of Exorcist two. Well, still, it's like when you hear the title Exorcist three, you like when I first heard about this movie, I was like, "Oh, really? Exorcist three? What? They made they made a third one? Yeah, there's a third Exorcist. It's like, <laughs> why? <laughs> Immediately, you." People were probably just like, ugh. Even though this movie wasn't a flop. Um, it was not a hit like the last, oh, the first one. But still, the the studio was like, no, you have to call it Exorcist 3. And you have to have an exorcist, an exorcism at the end. Um, Even if it fails. Because the original ending of this movie, I think, is worse <laughs> Because all it is, is you have the scene, the climax at the end, where the Gemini killer possesses the, the old lady who sent and sends her to uh, Kinderman's house yeah. to go after his family. Um, that was the exciting climax. George C. Scott walks into the Gemini killer's cell, pulls out his gun, and just shoots him. That's it. That's it. Flat shot. Boom, boom. And it's really comical, especially because it's the rough footage. It's not shot on film. It's shot on videotape because that's the only footage they were able to salvage. Yeah. Uh, the It's what they called the dailies. Um, the It's not even a director's cut. It's a patchwork. Yeah. It's it basically it gives you an impression of what the original version was going to be. And it seems ter I mean cuz like how does that defeat the demon? He just 
Well, the, the thing was is that it was more ambiguous in the original version. Is he possessed? Um, or is this really Father Karras, um, who sud- who somehow survived? But then, how did he send the 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 old lady? The murders are I don't know. They're like more. Again, it's all supposed to be more ambiguous in the original version. And the it's studio... The, they were like, it doesn't make sense. I honestly think that the studio was sort of in the right on some of this. Yeah. Sounds but like in a way, they sort of made Because that doesn't them, make sense. It sounds like the audiences were going to be like, what? But in a way, and the ending's more exciting, too. And I think it also yeah. brings home... Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot. It, I think it sort of completes Kinderman's arc throughout the whole thing. He finally, like, believes in this evil... He yeah. believes that you know there are true forces of evil out out there in the world. It's not just you know he, there's not just the human evil that he's used to. You know he's in the earlier in the film. You know he talks about you know how God you know is just kind of like you know letting all this horrible shit happen. Um, and so like if they stuck with the original ending. He would just say, oh, well, he just, okay, he just shoots him at the end, and uh, that's it. Does the demon just float away, or and, it's not a demon? Or And so let's kind of go back into Brad Dorff for a moment. So Brad Dorff was not meant to just be playing the Gemini killer. He was meant to play Father Karras. Like, they recast, like, just like how they recasted, uh, the William Kinderman role, the Father Dyer role, they were going to recast. Oh, so it wasn't going to be like, oh, he just—that was what the Gemini looked like. Right, exactly. It was supposed to be Father Car- Brad Dorff the whole time, um, as Father Karras. The reason for this is because William Peter Blatty did not want to work with Jason Miller because at this point. Uh, it's kind of sad. Uh, Jason Miller became uh, a bit of an alcoholic. Oh, um, his Maybe career like that. His career uh, had kind of his career in Hollywood had kind of like floundered uh, a bit. He did one movie with he did his previous movie with Jason Miller. He's in the Ninth Configuration. <laughs> He's really good in it too. Um, but I guess he saw him in a play that he did like a few years later and he was like f- apparently like fumbling his lines and he had basically gotten what they called wet brain which means that he oh. can't he couldn't memorize his dialogue anymore and he c- and he knew uh William oh, Peter alcohol Blatty, damage <laughs> William Peter Blatty knew that Jason Miller would not be able to recite the huge monologues that he has for this character um, and so he decided to get a, you know, a, a younger actor, Brad Dorif, um, who, by the way, is most famous for being the voice of Chucky. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, in the Child's Play movies. Uh, there you go. That's my movie trivia <laughs> for you. The more you know. Uh, so yeah. So Brad Dorif was intended to play Father Karras from the beginning in this whole production. And his performance in the original version is actually a lot creepier. 
is more subdued. Um, he's less like rave. He doesn't holler about not raving, mutilating people in this version. I mean, he talks about it, but he's a lot more like whispery in that version. Um, he has he has some really creepy moments uh, in it, and the the cell looks different as well. Uh, the whole set that they're on, mm. they made they made a different cell in the original version. Uh, it's like a dingy, like dark dungeon almost. <laughs> That's dumb. It's really weird. In this version, it's kind of more realistic, where it's like a padded industrial, yeah, like a dirty, metal- dingy dungeon. That sounds dumb. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then the studio came in. And was like, well, we got to have the original Father Karras in here for marketing purposes. Yeah. People so we can him. put him in the uh, the trailers and shit. His oh, face. Jason Miller's back. <laughs> like, oh. His face is just, um, I got a big dumb face. And they intend, come on. <laughs> and they intended to completely cut uh, Brad Dorf out completely. Oh, they didn't like him? No, they just were like, well, um... We were going to get the original Father Karras back, so sorry. <laughs> but William Peter Blatty... But then they realized he couldn't memorize those lines? Well, no. Like William Peter Blatty was like, okay, we'll bring Jason Miller back. Um, the first day, like, he was able to recite like that beginning part that you see in well, the he film. Is him. Um, but after that, he was... He, he, yeah, he was... Fumbling the whole thing, could not memorize it. Because it's a long monologue, and and you love it. He has two scenes of these immense monologues that go on for like ten minutes, I think. Yeah. Um, But he just the way Brad Dorif plays it, and yes, they brought in, they brought back Brad Dorif because um, he could actually do it because he is able to memorize. He had to rememorize the lines. So I think he was working on another movie at the time as well. He's like, okay, I'll go off and just, you know, I'm a working actor. I guess, I gotta work. You know, it's gonna do my thing. But then they brought him back, and they were like, well, you gotta give me, like, at least a couple of days to prepare. Because, the, I mean, the monologues, like, wh- yeah, the monologues that he has are just huge. Um, and they go on for so long. Um... And so he had him and a PA stayed in like a motel room for like two days, memorizing these huge chunks of dialogue uh, that he had. Um, and I think he absolutely fucking just owns. He nails these. Yeah, that's a wrong studio decision. They should have just kept him in it the whole exactly. time. Exactly. There's no reason to bring Jason Miller back. It just makes things more confusing. Honestly, and I think, you know, Jason Miller, when he has that bit where he's like, you know, he's talking about that other, you know, that girl that he killed, you know, he's like, I picked her up in Richmond. Yeah. And I dropped her off at the city dump. <laughs> it wasn't terrible, but like you I mean, I think the other guy was. He was, Brad Dorif is absolutely amazing in this movie. He owns this film. And I would have liked to see him all demonic. He would have been scary. Much more terrifying as that demon probably. Just old man with yellow colored eyes. 
But, I mean, even he didn't even need makeup, though, to be creepy and base and, and haggard looking. Like, no, it's like, well, I'm, I'm talking about Brad. Oh, Thor, okay. <laughs> but, like, he's just, like, creepy on his own. The things that he says when he's talking about, like, a decapitated head can continue to see for approximately 20 seconds. And I like to show the severed head its body before it dies. It's a little extra I throw in for no added charge. You can tell Lee's watched this movie about it's, 17 times. I, yeah, just, I love his performance in this movie. He's, it's like the kind of like psychotic performance or character that I really like. Just that sort of wild card villain character. Um, he, yeah, you know, and it's just, it's really impressive how he just, he's able to just rattle off like these extremely long monologues. Um, yeah, he's an actor. <laughs> um you know, and it's just it's it's fascinating when he's talking about like what it's like to be a spirit and like how what what it what there's like there's no magic or anything. Like you have to be, you know, alive basically. <laughs> You have to have a functioning brain, and well, that's more credit to the writer. Yeah, exactly. I, I guess we'll sort of segue into that. Kind of going all over the place. Um. Fuck. <laughs> it's too much for Lee. He loves this movie too much. People. There's just a lot. I mean, I guess it's we overwhelming were, him. We were talking about like the the reshoots and shit. Uh, I guess I should say like all that reshot footage. Especially at the ending, <laughs> with the ending, looks like that's shit. four million dollars. Look like shit. It's an extra four million dollars. Look like shit. That they added to this cobras and fire and lightning bolts. Yeah, pew, pew, pew. yeah it, all for little, it just to be an illusion. It's ridiculous. The only thing that's good about that ending is the part with George C. Scott's monologue. Yeah, that sounds better than that was a better ending than him just going and going like boop boop. At least this kind of explains, like, the way it ended, it's like, okay, well, he defeated him then because he blew his brains out, so the demon can't regenerate it, and he can't get his revenge on this priest. Right. All those spirits are probably free. Exactly. They're not legion anymore. And that's that's where the title comes from. That's why this movie was going to be called Legion. It makes more sense that way. Because, I mean, they even say the quote, you know, when Jesus, you know, met the man and he asked him his name and he said, our name is Legion, for we are many. Um, you know, that's like, that's what this movie's about. It's about a person who's inhabited by multiple spirits. And demons people in 1990 would have had no idea. They would have had no idea what that is. Unfortunately. They well, would not have known it was the Exorcist universe. I know, and again, that's probably, you know, the studio's f- fear you know, was that it was gonna alienate people. Um and, you and it know. probably would have because it's not like this movie spread through word of mouth and that's how movies spread in nineteen ninety. Yeah. It's not like people saw this and was like, you know, it's actually not cheesy. The title's kinda shitty, but it's good. No, people saw it still and were like, Nah, you don't gotta go see that. <laughs> <laughs> what came out in, yeah, that people saw Total Recall instead. 
That was probably, yeah, I think that was like the biggest movie of that year. And whatever else was out. <laughs> no, I don't know if that was the biggest movie, but um, that was definitely one of the biggest movies of that year. That was more, that's more of a crowd pleaser. Yeah, this way more. This movie is not a crowd pleaser. No. Um, it's definitely kind of just a weird kind of ex- experimental, very ambitious, I would say. Because that th- the thing is, what, the first one was one of the first to do that kind of stuff. So that's what made it so, like, that much scarier, that much groundbreaking. By this point, we'd already seen some of the things they did for this movie. Oh, we've seen right. spooky alien, or ghosts, and demons, right. and, oh, things are crawling on the roof. Ooh. And this I mean, movie we've seen it. doesn't even have a lot of gore or anything. Yeah, there's a lot the ending. Of, <laughs> yeah, just randomly. There's a lot of horror movies that come out from Exorcist 1 to Exorcist 3. Oh, yeah. So, like, it's not so groundbreaking anymore. Uh, yeah. So it didn't get that groundbreaking boost. It's not. But I, I think this movie, this movie has, has, like, a really, a really interesting tone. And a really interesting feel. I think the tone is, is all over the place. Even without the added scenes where the shift, the tone shifts, I still think even the director's original idea is like, I don't know how to end this. I really feel like he did most of the time. That is the biggest problem with the movie. Yeah, like throughout the whole movie, he was having so much fun doing the beginning and the middle, and then he's just like, I don't know how to wrap this up because how does a normal human detective cop beat the demon? And the studio had to come in. This is one of the one. This is actually one of the. Few but the thing cases. is, he has it like, I mean, I don't know if it's a written and scene, but like the detective talks to the priest, and the priest brings up the exorcist. But then, the the cop never meets the the, the priest. They like, why don't they film one of those? Why don't they film those scenes? And like, right? Yeah, it's so random. They, well, uh, fa- okay, let's talk a little bit about uh, the character of Father Morning, who is. An added addition to this film uh, by the studio. Although originally his character apparently appeared in several drafts of the screenplay, um, but he wasn't going to be in the original filmed version of this movie. Mm. I don't know why. Because he didn't, I guess he didn't want it to be an exorcism movie. Um,. The so, thing is, like, if he had done that, he could have written it better. Because it could have been actually written in t- into the movie play, like, the screenplay. Yeah. And the thing was, and the thing was is that the studio, like, let uh, William Peter Blatty basically be in control over those scenes. So I don't know why they couldn't have a scene where George C. Scott... Like talks to meets him. up with him or something at all. They just know each other they for some reason. They talk about it. Like they talk about uh, yeah, that he, character. He's like, oh yeah, I know this guy who can do an exorcism. Like his hair turned white when he did an exorcism in the Philippines. And then you see him, but then they never. Yeah, they never meet up. And he's like, when are they gonna meet up? They don't. That's what I kept waiting for is them to meet up to start the whole exorcist plan. And then, yeah, that that whole scene at the end it just feels random. Um. It really does, and, and that character, and that character, ripping off, and he has to rip off the skin on his like back and arm for some reason. <laughs> yeah, he gets like glued to the wall. But just like the top part of his scalp and like ar- right arm, the rest of him didn't have to be peeled off. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, that's just too much to make up in." <laughs> yeah, like you could tell, like like they had they were on a very limited time schedule. Uh, yeah, they were on a very limited schedule for that. 
Um, and guess, uh, you know, the actors were not very happy <laughs> shooting those scenes. A lot of this, this film was completely reshot. Um, <laughs> you know, as, you know, especially the scenes with, like, Brad Dourif. Um, like I said, he had to, uh, completely re-memorize his dialogue, uh, and, um, yeah, everything had to be just, oh my god. <laughs> everything had to be reshot, the cast hated it. Yeah, and they were just, uh, George C. Scott apparently made, like, a, a joke that, you know, they could bring in Madonna, <laughs> To sing in a, like, yeah, could do, like, a music video and all uh, during all of this. <laughs> and, and the studio still wouldn't be happy. <laughs> like, they were just, yeah. They were never happy. Just, by the end of it, everyone was just really tired. Like, this and, movie sucks. And just disappointed with, because they apparently really liked how, where the original version was going. Because they liked that it was more subtle and ambiguous, and it didn't have all this fucking special effects nonsense going on. Um, but I don't think they realized that the director had no way to end it. I guess Or not. his ending was going to be shit. Yeah. It's a, f- it's a flawed film, to say the least. This is an interesting episode, because, you know, usually I've been talking about movies that are, like, considered... Like classics or are sort yeah, of. I don't know if this movie has got a cult classic to it or a cult following to it. It does. It is. It, it is a small cult following. I mean, never heard about I it before. Have, you. I have a special collector's edition, and there was you know enough interest to cobble up uh, all of the what was thought to be lost footage to make a director. I feel like there's cut. just interest in like the. I bet you can find a special collector's edition of The Exorcist 2. I think it's just... There this, is. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just the the name Exorcist kits that stuff. And, and there are... I've these never movies heard do it, have cult followers. I never heard anyone talk about it. Uh, I, you were the first one that I ever mentioned this is an ex- This is a really underrated movie, I think. I don't Flawed, think so. I think it properly flopped and properly was forgotten in time. Like, I get there's a couple good monologue scenes, but that does not save the movie. The overall movie is like, okay, this is bad. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I think there's some interesting things going on in this film. I really like some of, I really like the dialogue in this film. I love the scene where they're, they're having lunch with each other, you know, and he's talking about the, the murder of the young black boy with the priest. And the pr- I love the priest's reaction. I'm just going to say another, this is just another horror movie that just wasn't scary. There's the only scary scenes is jump scares because jump scares work on me. Even if I know they're coming, jump scares work on me easy. Oh, like Atmosphere the- doesn't really work for me because I'll check out because I won't like it. So I'll just go, okay. Yeah, you but like, like jump the, scare, I can't check out. I have to like cover my eyes. I have to be in the moment, which just makes me even more scared. Right. You know, like the spooky. Yeah, like, and even then, I didn't like. Just like the first movie, like a lot of the stuff just would take me out of it. it just randomly, it just they're setting this scary scene and just. It just yeah. literally sounded like someone's stomach. They held a microphone up to someone's stomach as it growled. The big fat guy. <laughs> 
And it'd be at the most random moment. Just like, what the fuck? Is this happening? Are people hearing this? Or is this just soundtrack? This is the worst soundtrack ever. Why is the soundtrack just growling? Well, because it sounds like people are supposed to be hearing this and no one's hearing it. It'd well, be creepier if that was happening and only he was like, the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> they, yeah, the, the composer of this movie, uh, Barry Dvorzan, um, he decided to kind of go with a non-traditional score. Yeah. Um, we hear the Exorcist theme for a second. In the and beginning. And never hear it again. The studio's like, you have to show it once. Yeah, that did feel kind of like a studio note. And he's like, fine. Here, two seconds of it. In the beginning intro. <laughs> and then it's just... I love that, honestly. <laughs> I think when it's, it's not growling, it's not stupid. When it's like the, it's like this sort of weird atmospheric droning. Yeah, that's fine. But when it was just like a good, <laughs> I like those. Like it's when that part where the old lady's like, "Are you my son? <laughs> You're not my son." This <laughs> is like, is he hearing this? <laughs> That's why it's just like this makes no sense. That's what I'm saying. Like audiences were probably like, they did not know that wasn't part of the soundtrack. So they're probably like, why is no one reacting to the growling? Why is no one <laughs> like? Because, I don't want to hear that. I was like, oh well, that's just a part of the soundtrack. It's supposed to be demonic. Yeah, I'm gonna tell my friends that I see this movie. <laughs> this is 1990, and nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, okay. like, like the demon was disappointing in this one compared to the first one. Uh, it wasn't but Brad as Dorf funny. Was awesome. Yeah, he was good. His monologues were good. He was creepy. It would have been he would have been ten times creepier if he had been the evil guy the whole time, right? And all that stuff because it's just like he's there and then he's gone and it's like okay. And then we're right back to this haggard old looking man with his vegetarian uh, vampire eyes. It's like golden. <laughs> like He looks like Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. I like just, that. He just looks like a haggard old man. <laughs> and like, I just, I'm just, obviously I'm not going to like a horror movie, but like, I can't even appreciate this as a good horror movie. Is this the worst movie of mine that I've shown you? No, Reservoir Dogs. This is you still think Reservoir Dogs? I hated it? Reservoir Dogs. It really feels like you hated this movie. Because they're good. I could still laugh at this movie. There's still funny moments. Okay. And there were a couple spooky parts, like, like the, the, the nurse, scene. the hallway scene, the nurse scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's the most probably the most famous scene from this movie. The one yeah, like, scene that people do talk about. And like it's gruesome, and like the descriptions of the murders are all fucked up. Like it's like the first one. It's fucked up. There's some fucked up moments, but I feel like this. But one's it's definitely little, not as fucked it's up. It's more subtle. Yeah, this one's there's way more tame. Of, there's no vagina stabbing and there's lick it mother. There's not even a lot of swearing in this movie. No. Um. Yeah, the demon isn't like cursing constantly, which I think kind of takes it like takes it down a notch. Like I like the curse. It would have been cooler. But I don't know. I just been twenty percent cooler. I just like like how creepy like. Brad Dorif is, and he's when he's but talking. He's not there enough. I know. He's in the movie for twenty minutes. But those, mo- but yeah, those moments that he's there, though, I think he are forgotten in the convoluted story that happens right after he's gone. 
don't yeah, he goes so. like, I'm Stark raving mad. And then, you, and then like that moment happens. And then it's like, okay, go back into the random world of what's happening right now. And where you're like, is it this character? No, this character's just weird. Like, like so many <laughs> characters are just weird. And then they're just never there again. And you're like, what was the point of them? Like which character? Like the like nurse. Why the was nurse. she so oh, weird? Yeah, she was. And then she just doesn't the mean ugly anything. Nurse. <laughs> she's just. I don't know why you keep calling her the ugly nurse. But like she like she's like praying and doing the the scanner while the guy's going to like find his family, and then like she's just gone. She's not there during the whole time where the guy like the priest comes in. The priest just like walks into the fucking hospital. Yeah, after they establish that, like it takes it's hard to get in. Yeah, it's like but with the, the power of Jesus yeah, Christ. Need a code. Yeah, the power of Christ compels him. I just. Just, well, that ending is that guy. The, I'm just saying, the, 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 like what I was saying is the main villain or whatever the main bad guy. The Gemini. He's forgotten. He's forget. He's forgettable in the chaos that is this movie because he doesn't come in until like an hour into the fucking movie. So you're like a whole hour already invested in this movie of just like these weird. Weird things just keep happening, and mur- people keep getting murdered. And you're like, is it this person? No, is it this person? Is it this person? Oh god, is it this person? And then you're gonna well, that's what a murder mystery is. You're I not know, to- I know. What I'm saying though is, it distracts from him because then, okay, then it's him. Okay, it's him, and then we see him for 20 minutes, and then he's gone. We never see him again. I and then think- there's a whole another hour of just. Exorcist farts. <laughs> so like, you know, by the time the end of the movie, I'm not remembering his monologue. I'm just going, were those cobras? Like the fuck did I just see? The ending is so, it just makes the whole movie go, what the fuck? That's how a lot of people think. And also, I just like, I'm more, more impressed by grandma, uh, grandma's fucking reflexes. Oh yeah. In the, the end. end. When, uh, She's about to get her head chopped off. Because it was, the daughter, that, I bet you would have loved that. You'd been like, that would have been such a much better scene if the daughter actually got her head cut off, no. and that's why he goes and shoots him because he's like fucking crazy and insane now. No, no, because his that. daughter's head's chopped off and his wife's broken, probably killed herself right then and there. And you're just like, oh god, this is good, 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 good. But Not that didn't happen, so you're probably a little disappointed. Uh, but yeah, like the grandma just like grabs her before anything and just whoop. <laughs> the racist grandma, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Racist saved my life. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and you just see the like the dummy like uh, gummy neck just go like because you could totally tell that wasn't a real person they pulled away. No, that was. Her neck looked pretty gummy. She's flexible. She's a dancer. Uh, in the movie. Yeah. She also kind of has a goofy face when she gets her head pulled. Like, because she's not expecting it. Well, like, wouldn't your head? Wouldn't you have a goofy face if you were about to get beheaded? Well, you you're about to be beheaded, like, but you don't even know you're being pulled and almost you're 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 being shocked from being pulled and you're almost being beheaded. You're like, why am I being pulled? I'm gonna be beheaded. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then you're watching your dad, who's a big cop, get manhandled by this old lady. You're like, the fuck. Because of demonic power. I don't understand why he didn't pull his gun out and blow her head off. Yeah, he should have. And the other cop runs in. Oh, poof. And he just gets punched. And he gets thrown across the room. (laughs) He's like, bro. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little silly. knocked out. And I think it's especially silly when she's like, what's this? Ah." (laughs) And that's when the the exorcist is coming and he's like, I got to go back into my body and fight this priest now yeah <laughs> yeah she just like falls the back and you're like what the fuck just happened oh in the original version uh it's a lot more random she just like collapses to the floor somehow 
I don't, yeah. Maybe like, oh, I failed to cut her head off, so. Oh, the demon's taking my power away or something. <laughs> the demon. Yeah, like what? It's really, yeah, it's. This movie, I feel like it needed another draft. <laughs> Yeah, it needed it. Yeah, it needed another go through. They and need, this movie had like the studio shouldn't approve this first movie. Apparently. Yeah, the, 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 I feel like the studio, if they really wanted the exorcism, they shouldn't approve the first draft, or let him film the movie that he filmed. They should have made him put the exorcism in because he could have tied it into the story better if he yeah. had been at least forced to. Because he was eventually forced to, but like he was forced to in the end just to shoehorn it in. It shouldn't have. <laughs> He could and it shouldn't have been called Exorcist Three. He could have at least called it Exorcist Legion, and kind of like have the kind of a compromise, I guess. We can call it Exorcist, and we can call it Legion, so people know it's based on your book. And the studio didn't want that, right? The studio wanted the, studio, the trilogy, Exorcist Three. Well, not even not, not even the trilogy. It's just marketability, marketability. Yeah, market as a trilogy. Just capitalize off the name, Exorcist. Well, they could have done that that with Exorcist Legion, is what I'm saying. But they didn't feel like they could capitalize a lot off Exorcist Legion because they're like, "What is this a reboot? Is this a is this a sequel? Is this a sequel just to the second one?" Reboots were back then. That wasn't really a thing. They rebooted movies. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, it wasn't really a remade. Okay, is this a remake? Did, are they redoing Exorcist? Okay. Is it called Exorcist Legion now? I don't know. It's pretty obvious that it's, it's a sequel. Yeah, when it's called Exorcist 3. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's obvious it's a sequel, but is it a sequel to the second one? It's not. Yes, but how would people know that? <laughs> True. But, but I guess Exorcist 3 doesn't really answer that too, but... Yeah, it's just like Exorcist oh. Three. It's like at least I think they really like the like. Oh, it's a trilogy. I think that's a better marketing than just oh, brand new Exorcist. Even though probably Exorcist Legion would have. I don't think it would have affected the movie success at all. No, it wouldn't. But it's a better title, I think. Maybe it makes more sense. It ties into what the movie is actually about. I like Exorcist Three because it's a dumb title and it just matches the dumb movie. <laughs> like it just seems like it matches this curse series. And I'm just going to call Exorcist 1 from now on Exorcist 1. Third time's the charm. Uh, Fourth time's the charm. Oh, wait, no, the 4.5 time is the charm. Oh, yeah, I already (laughs) went into that, how weird those movies are. I wonder when they'll make another Exorcist. Oh, uh, reboot of the original is in the works. Oh, okay. So they might be Because they did the show that failed. Basically, we might be seeing a remake of... Oh, that's going to be lame because they're not going to be brave enough to do the crazy shit. Yeah, and if it's like they're not going to get or an actual they're going to it's just, they're not going to be an actual child actress. Like or it will be, but then like they'll change her out and whenever well, they it's did a de- that in the original too. I know, but sometimes the girl actually had to do some crazy they're not going to let that happen. Right. It's all yeah. going to be CGI. They're going to probably make happening. her older, like a yeah. 15-year-old maybe. And if like the girl if it's the scene where like she's like her back's going crazy. She's going up and down, up and down. They're going to just CGI well, Linda that. Blair got hurt. I know. That's why I'm saying they're going to CGI that. They wouldn't let that CGI happen. Everything. Or cut it out. But I, I think know. they're going to CGI probably mostly. 
I don't know. It sounds like who's they making sh- it? Shouldn't do it. Well, it's the same studio, I guess. They haven't really gotten a director. This studio's still around. Yeah, surprisingly. What was their last hit? I <laughs> come on. I don't know. Tap the power. I know what like one of their biggest hits was, which came out right after this movie. Well, I don't think they've been coasting on the funds of that movie <laughs> since then. It was that Robin Hood movie with Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah, you told me about that. That'll be a well, neither of us have seen it, but um, at least not for. But a I don't time. think they've been coasting on the that movie since then. <laughs> no, I forget. I forget what like their most recent thing. I mean, they've had a lot of flops. What have they made recently that were flops? Recently, what are some flops that you know they made? What did what else did they make? You well, I guess this movie they made a lot of flops. So you're lying to the audience. I'm not lying. I'm just forgetting. Actually, you're like, oh, there's a lot of flops. Oh, what are the flops? <laughs> <laughs> I did not think you'd have a follow up question. <laughs> I didn't think you'd watch facts. <laughs> And evidence. Do I have to Google it? No. It doesn't matter, everybody. We're just showing Lee's professionalism here. That's kidding. No. Well, doesn't they're, matter. They're one of those studios. There is a remake. That, like, yeah. They're one of those studios that's kind of had like a up and down. The ri- but whatever. The original point is it's going to it's gonna suck because they're not going to like. I don't terrible. think they're going to. I mean, oh, it would oh, it better be rated R. But. They're not going to say, are they going to say the horrible things? And even if they do, it's like, okay, you just, it's not, but you're just that, re-saying the, thing is, though, the things that, that were already was shocking said. shocking in 1970. Yeah, it won't be a shock. It's not shocking in 20, So what are they going to, so what is, is it going to be like a shot for shot new It's like, it might be more, it might be more based off of the novel. Like it'll actually incorporate more things because there's some things from the original Exorcist novel that were incorporated into this movie, actually. The carp speech that George C. Scott has in the beginning of the movie, you don't remember that? Yeah, I do, but like, why is that? Is that a good scene? Or a good I speech? like that scene. I like that monologue. It's funny. It's a little funny. <laughs> and it's I just so weird. Take it or leave it. And it, yeah, it's, it's weird, and it just, again, it's just this more stress that's added on to his, <laughs> to his know, it life. It just sounds like a typical guy complaining about his mother-in-law. Yeah. That's a that's a trope. I guess, but I mean, he doesn't hate his mother-in-law. Yeah, but it's not, it's but just, he's annoyed by her and he does say, I hate that carp, which is kind of like, I hate that lady. <laughs> like, no, it. Th- I think it's just more, just more fucking another thing that I have to deal with another, uh, even though this is kind of just like a slight inconvenience because he says he can't take a, a bath. He's a stinky boy. He's like you're standing very close to me, father. Have you noticed? I'm a stinky I've boy. Bathed for three days. Like we all notice someone from the background. We all notice stinky. <laughs> stinky old man. Your balls are in my face. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I like that scene and yeah. So I'm thinking maybe, I, I don't know, there's probably more elements from the book that they could pull from or they'll just completely... Well, I won't see it, so... They'll completely nerf it. 
Unless you see it and really enjoy it, I'm never going to see it. I doubt it. I don't know. I don't really like horror remakes. Unless, I mean, it's absolutely just like like a masterpiece or something. Like Remake the second like one John shot Carpenter's for shot. The thing. <laughs> the, you, you know what? I could see maybe a remake of this movie. And actually base Shot it. for shot. No. Um, exactly the same movie. No. Just modern CGI. No, but again, like make it more based off of the book. Because the book apparently is really different. Oh, the best uh, person who could play the priest, uh, Sarah Michaels. Or uh, Michael, Michael Sarah, Sarah, my bad. Michael Sarah, yeah. Play which priest? The demon priest. That'd be hilarious. Gemini killer? Yeah, that'd be hilarious. It'd be interesting, honestly. Maybe do it. Man, I wasn't even being serious. Because I'm like, that'd be terrible. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. It'd be funny because it'd be so terrible. Michael Sarah. <laughs> just like, oh, demonic no. serial oh. killer. It just his little white boy, un like threatening he's, he's self. <laughs> He'll never get away. It's like, okay, all right, Michael Sarah. <laughs> like, I'm really scared of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But no, I could, Chris s- I could really see a. I could see a remake of this movie. And have we'll see if the first one's popular. Ugh. <laughs> no, they'll probably do their own stupid thing like Exorcist 2. Well, if the first one's popular and they follow the book, maybe they'll be like, okay, maybe Legion isn't such a farty idea to follow. <laughs> it's got somewhat of a fan base. There, there's you. Yeah, and I have the book. I have both books. Have you read them? Not yet. Oh. I will one day. Pinky's up, everybody. <laughs> but, uh, yes. I have so many things. <laughs> so many things to talk about. So many notes. <laughs> God, I know. Yeah, this whole pot, this episode has been all over the place. It's one of those episodes. It's um, he's too passionate for the movie. You know, just all this, you know, I just, I had to talk about the... The production trouble, because that's like the most noteworthy thing. Yeah, you have to explain why, because that's my biggest gripe. Because you were like, all over the yeah, it's for someone who's like not into this type of movie. You're like, yeah, you're just caught off guard by a lot of the things, and and I, I was tell, caught off guard. I can tell because I've seen enough movies. It's like this movie seems like there's trouble behind the scenes. Yeah, this movie doesn't seem to know what kind of movie it is. In some aspects, yes, especially towards the end. The ending is... Yes, yes, but I really am stuck on this that the director slash writer didn't really know how to end it. And it really, it shows through. honestly, Because the movie lose steam before even without the priest. It starts losing steam before... Right when it starts getting to wrap up, you're starting to go... The last time you see the crazy dude, it's like that's when it starts going like... Where am I going with this? The train is going to the end, and the track is gone. <laughs> and wait, the, wait, are you saying like you don't like his last monologue? No, no. I mean, once that's done, the movie just—he's just like, now I don't know what to do with it. I don't <laughs> know how to end this. You know, we'll have an old person, old lady. Yeah, because he on the d- wall. because he did no, he did know how to end it. He did his ending, and everyone went, Nah, dog, that sucked. Is an anticlimax. Yeah, everyone. The studio's like, no. So then he was just like, I don't. 
I don't know what to do. He was like, well, we'll tell, well, here, you do an exorcism, give you an extra $4 million, and you reshoot the whole thing. And bring Jason Miller back. And I think he was just like, fuck. (laughs) He did it. And he, at the time, he said, he was like, you know what? I can do it. I can make it cool. And he did. Um, I think he kind of. He really didn't. He really shouldn't have put any money into the Cobras and the fire and the. And the lightning bolts yeah, and all that, that bullshit. He should have just put money into making that guy, guy look creepy and demonic and demony, and like making right. that part more. Like there was never, they didn't need to fling him up and have him peel his skin off and all that shit. No. Explode his Bible in a confetti into his face. <laughs> that oh! shit is hilarious. Like, because it makes the priest like, what the fuck was the priest? What was the point, point at all? Yeah, he has no. He does nothing. He gets. Fu- he yeah. just distract. In the end, he just ends up distracting the demon for like a second, so the guy can shoot it. Yeah, basically. For a second, he distracts him, so the demon loses his grip on the control for a second. So the guy goes, Billy, shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the like, whole and like the whole point of the original Exorcist was like. Like it wasn't a thing that they they the uh, the the Catholic Church did often. It was an old ritual yeah, so like that even why, they had discredited. Yeah, why do they have this this guy who's from and the Philippines? They had to. You if you wanted to do an exorcism, you had to get like special permission authorization, which they just ignore in this one. And, and it just happens. The demon knows this guy. He's like, we made again. And it's like, oh, is it the same demon again. from the Philippines? Maybe. So like, who was this guy? Why wasn't he in the first movie? Why was he not in the second? Why was he not in the second one? Why is he? What's he doing this whole third movie? Is he eating in his room? He's taking care of a baby bird that we never even see him like pick up. <laughs> the baby bird dies. Yeah, the demon and kills then his it. cross falls. And, and he's like, the, my job is, and then that's how he knows he's got to go fight like a demon. Whole, like I feel like he's kind of a comical character in a way. It's like everything just goes wrong with him. He met this demon once, and it turned his hair white. Now, like, he's sitting in his apartment. He's taking care of a injured baby bird, and the demon baby bird it. dies, and then his cross falls off the wall, and the blood comes out of the eyes you of the Jesus. I gotta mop that up. Jesus Christ, that's gross. And then he goes to do the exorcism randomly. And he gets his scalp and, and gets ear ripped off. Bible exploded in his face, and then... He gets glued to the wall and his skin peeled off. Like really horrible, like his ear and his cheek it's a, and his scalp to the just, bone. It's a little like, much. You're like, why? Why? This isn't happening. What yet. movie are we watching? Yeah, now? this hasn't happened. We haven't seen any of these gruesome murders that were so described. If we've been seeing these gruesome murders, then maybe it would have fit. But it's like all the murders were just described. Off screen, yeah. Because he probably knew like they would have been too disgusting to show. It was a much more subtle film. There's no way he, they could have shown. Point. Yeah, th- I don't think they could have shown the things they did. Not in yeah. 1999. Not in 1999. And you know what? Not in 1990. I don't think we needed to see. No, those because the murders. murders were fucked up. I don't want to see a black kid it's get like, his head chopped off and like the whole time he. Or like he's nailed before they chop his head off. And like, and the, it's or or the nurse she gets like the, sl- she's a, a lie awake during it, and they slit her open, take out her organs, fill her up yeah. with or, or see Father Dyer's death. Yeah, too. we don't need, need to see that stuff, you know, and because it was really graphic see, killings. And the way, yeah, uh, so the, just the description <laughs> enough is enough. The way that uh, Brad Dorf describes killing Father Dyer, you know, he injects him with that drug that sucks in choline. 
Which I don't even know if it's a real drug or not. I guess that moment when, like, the, the priest, when he's shaking, is the moment when the the person is shaking out the last little bit of blood. Yeah. He said, like, you have to squeeze the blood manually. Um... Because there's this thing where uh, he kills Father Dyer, um, and he drains him of, of all, all of his blood. blood. Well, most of it. Most of it. He says there's a little pounding and shaking at the end, and there's still a little blood left. It isn't perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's just, God, it's so perfect. Um, and, yeah, he, like, puts all of his blood into, like, these jars, and he doesn't get a Pea smudge cups. on him. No, they're jars. They look like pea cups. Yeah, they were. Um, <laughs> and he puts, yeah, he puts all of his blood into these jars. He doesn't get a smudge on them. It's impossible. The police are just fucking baffled. The only fingerprints is an old lady who's just like, I like a radio. He's like, will you fix my radio? And then she's not holding. <laughs> she's like, what's wrong with it? There's dead people talking. <laughs> I thought that's kind of a creepy. I thought that was kind of a creepy line. That's just um, the demon. Or was it? No, I mean the demon fucking with her. Oh yeah, um, and the demon does do that. We established that in the original movie, where it'll like appear as like your imaginary friend or something. Yeah, just fuck. Which with is you. really creepy. That's probably how they got the little girl. Exactly. She says like, "Well, it's I have my imaginary friend, Captain Howdy." That's what she thought of it as in and the beginning. Like, went into her face. Went into her body, yeah. <laughs> Fucked her up. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's... I. What were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but it's, Lee's just so passionate about this. He keeps losing his train of thought. Yeah, it's. I'm so sorry, everyone. So scatterbrained today. This movie. It's just too much. You know, I'm... And this is, yeah, this is a movie that is... Probably, like, I wouldn't even say it's, like, in my top, like, 20 favorite movies or anything. But I'm just really... This is a movie that's fascinating to me. Because of, like, the the trouble it went through. Um, that's the opposite. You'll like a movie just for the fact that it went through a lot of trouble and it's still able to come out with a couple good scenes. And I, all I see is, this movie sucks. I'm, yeah. the, I'm the audience who sees it originally and goes, boo. Yeah, and you're the cult guy that goes like, ten years later. Well, actually, <laughs> well, actually. When you actually rewatch it. There's a couple scenes that actually describe the whole thing and make it real an artistic piece. And this is why it's actually one of the best movies ever created. I don't think it's one of the greatest movies of no, all we time. Just, well, actually, you are a well actually guy when it comes to movies. A little bit. Yeah. Well, actually, let me tell you why that movie was like that. <laughs> I am. I mean, I, you got it. I had to give you some context. No, 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 no. The people like it. I know. Uh, this one, yeah, this episode is bit... crazy. Just you knowing all the little fucking random shit. Yeah, exactly. I, there's a <laughs> there's a lot of uh, research that goes into these episodes. My episodes. <laughs> uh, and I have my notes more organized this time too. More yeah, so than the guys. Everybody's got a nice little like leather bound journal now. Yeah, he's fancy. Exactly. <laughs> Even though I don't think we're gonna get all the notes because he's still flipping pages, and I think we're running out of time. We are, and he's still got a couple pages worth of. Or I guess it's about the, finally then. Yeah, and you know, there's we pretty much talked about like all of the major things. Uh, we we 
discussed the main sort of production trouble. Um, we discussed that this wasn't even really meant to be an exorcist movie. Um, we talked a hell of a lot about Brad Dorf, and I said that he's the most amazing thing like eight times. Because <laughs> I just want to reiterate that. Brad Dorf is fucking awesome in this movie. And he is pretty His much... His monologue might be up in your top 20 movies. <laughs> he's, like, yeah. I think he's one of the most underrated, like, movie villains ever. Because, I mean, yeah. Even though he sort of... This movie came out a year before Silence of the Lambs. He sort of reminds me of Hannibal Lecter a little bit. And... Hannibal Lecter is not so. Hannibal Lecter is not really. Hannibal Lecter is more like cool, collective. He doesn't like just. Well, yeah, but I mean the the opposite. The idea that he's like this—he's in like a straitjacket the whole time. He's sort of like in a bottle. He's in that cell the whole time. Yeah, I guess. Um, So it's yeah, he's like he—it's this—it's somehow more threatening that he's sort of confined to this one area. Um. More so than, like, in the Hannibal sequels when he's running around... Being an old man. Eating people. people. Eating people's brains and shit. (laughs) With Keontae. Hannibal. The movie Hannibal is (laughs) god-awful. Just want to say that. (laughs) But, yeah, like, some of the... You're right, though. You know, Brad Dorff does have, you know, that moment where he's like... I'll watch while I rip and cut and mutilate the innocent. I love that scene so much. Yeah, and one of the better lines during it is, are there services? I'd love to attend. Oh, yeah, when uh, the, he the talks head about the doctor, doctor killed himself. himself and he was sort pussy. of making him work or making him do some of uh, his bidding. He's probably the one who drugged the nurse and did those things to the nurse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I will torture your soul. And he probably, because, like, the doctor probably just was a normal doctor, went in to, like, do a treatment, and the demon was, like, showed him, like, all right, I'm real. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh, I'll shit. I'll show you pain that That's why I smoke cigarettes imagined. constantly. Are there services? <laughs> I would like to attend. And he gets discovered from the ugly nurse, a.k.a. the thing Lee calls her. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this movie. Yeah, you know, I didn't have. Unlike you, I don't have any more notes on it. During yeah. my mo- the notes, a couple of notes I took during the movie was. I, feel like I already kind of talked about it. It's complicated. It seems a little overcomplicated. I mean, the growls hella cheesy. The voice effects always took me out of it because it always just seemed like it was dubbed. I'm like, well, the, being dubbed? the voice effect on Brad Dorf? I think it's super effective. Just in some, I don't know about his scene, but like a lot, they do it a lot throughout the movie for there a is bunch some of characters. Du- You're right. There's some dubbing. Like, There's some is, ADR. It doesn't match. Yeah. Just, I feel like they blew a lot of the budget in the beginning of the movie. I mean, especially with uh, a little cameo by Sam Jackson in this movie. They dub over him. They dubbed and over Sam big, Jackson, yeah. That scene was probably a big budget randomly. I mean, the budget, the movie doesn't have a huge budget. It's 11 million. So even if you add the 14, it's a $15 million budget. Yeah. So well, well, no, I guess the eleven million is with the four million. Let's, so let's briefly. The budget's only eleven million. The box office is thirty nine. Let's briefly talk about that scene, though the purgatory scene. Yeah, you didn't know it was purgatory at first. 
it, you yeah. were just like, what is this? It's so random. Like, oh, yeah, it's purgatory. Because <laughs> it's just like a train station. But it was like. Because it's how purgatory has been described. It's a train station where people are waiting. There's nothing to do because it's purgatory. You're not supposed to be happy. You're not supposed to be sad. You're just in purgatory. Just, it's where you wait to uh, angels, live out. Yeah, the angels are like tending. It's where you're like, where you go when you're not bad enough to go to hell, but you weren't good enough to go straight to heaven. Hmm. And the, the angels are there and they're waiting with people and. There's people in various really, stages when they but die. The way that it's like, the, like the the guy that's in like the fucking weird like hourglass. Did you did you notice that? Yeah, because he's probably going through a worse purgatory. Um, there's people in stages of purgatory. He looked like he was a priest. He looked like he was in priest clothes. Maybe he did something bad. Mm, possibly. <laughs> and then there's like the those old lady, those creepy old ladies that are like. Playing the piano and like the fiddle and shit, and they're like smiling. Who knows what era they're from? They've been there for thousands of years. They're going insane. I'm just saying it, that was definitely purgatory. Because the the little black kids there, he'd still be waiting to go to heaven. And that scenes and that part is strange when he. And then also, it's a dream when he said, or is it a spiritual connection? Because he sees Father Dyer there as yeah, but then he's just like, I'm not the one dreaming. Or is he dreaming? Again, it could be a spiritual connection. But could it when the guy pointed out, like, it's a dream? Like, hey, wake up, you're dreaming. I don't dreaming. think he meant it. But he wasn't dead yet, I don't think. He was. No, he was dying. He was being killed in that moment. Well, we were seeing, you know, editing. But I think at that point, he was dead. Or maybe it was a premonition. he was killed at, like, 5 in the morning. Or it could have even he been was killed like a from 5 to 6 in the morning. And, like, they called him at, like, 6 in the morning, like, 6.10. So he was dreaming while that was happening. You dream around that time in the night if you go to bed normally. If we're following a simple, logical way, scientific of this movie, I'm going to be wrong. It's <laughs> funny when you see Fabio in that scene. Yeah, that's random. There's a lot of just, like, why? What is this? Larry movie? King appears in this movie randomly, too, during the cafe scene. You missed that. You weren't paying attention. Because yeah, this movie was boring. Like I just, this movie was all over the place. It just shoving people in it. The the studio was just like, we gotta get, do everything we could possibly do to get this movie fucking out there because Exorcist Two was must have left such a bad taste in people's mouth. They're like, we gotta yeah. like look at all these people you guys know because also Samuel Jackson looked just like the black guy from um, Do the Right Thing. Well, and. And do the right thing had come out a few years before that, and it was popular. A year before this, yeah, a year before that, and it was popular. And like they were just like, "Oh, we'll get a black guy." And <laughs> yeah, I mean, the movie just—well, oh, uh, no, they, I, it was bad. Yeah, you hated it. Um, but yeah, I. This is the kind of like, sort of strange. Sort of ambitious. This is a Lee movie. Like, this is definitely a me movie. Not ambitious. But like this is definitely a Lee movie. Yeah, this is yeah. This is the kind of weird offbeat kind of movie that Just, I like. Yeah. Um Pinky it's strange up. that a major studio produced this movie and tried to actually release it to a mainstream audience. Well, I mean a mainstream studio made the first one. Yeah, but that movie, like, that was more of, like, a groundbreaker. Um, and that movie actually made a Probably lot of money. Probably what they hoped, too. <laughs> this movie. They didn't make this with, like, the dream of, like, of course we're not. making it for the director because it's, like, his passion art project. No. They don't give a fuck about him. 
No, I feel like they probably regretted even working with William. Yeah, Peter he's probably Wright. like, "Oh, this piece of shit didn't do anything we asked." Exactly. He made oh, he made this weird art movie, and it's like, oh, and then no one liked it. Thanks. Your risk. And he's like, guys, trust me, it's gonna pay off. Oh, it didn't. Guess who's never barely, been rehired again? Barely. Did. He only made his one movie before this, and then this, and then that was it. Because he only made one good movie. That's just one. And every and these two movies after that were flop flop, and so Hollywood was like, "Go away, <laughs> you go make Chinese commercials now." <laughs> That's not what he did at the end of his career. Is he alive still? No, he passed away a few years ago. What was he doing to make money? I think he was probably just. I think he had enough money off of like the royalties from The Exorcist and. You know, the book, getting book sales, too, obviously. Were the books really popular? The book was actually really popular when it first came out. It was a s- sensation. Who um, knows? He could have died in, like, a studio apartment and sad and old. No, I think he was fine. I think he was well off. No, nope, sad and alone. It's been declared. <sighs> Sorry, everybody. The director's died sad and alone. Isn't that sad, everybody? That's a fact that we don't know if it's true. I don't think it is. <laughs> I think he was. Well, Lee, you should have figured that out before we came to this podcast. Now I get to say he is. So, oh, that was the one bit of. Uh, That's a dangerous bit of work we get to do. One bit of information I didn't research. <laughs> you fool! That in the films of Morgan Creek. You're, oh wait, I did research it. I just forgot. You're you fool! I found the weakness in your notes. That'll be my mission every. Uh, one of your movies, find the thing you didn't find out about the movie. Like, well, who made the donuts for the spread on the breakfast tables? <laughs> for the craft services. Yeah, who was in charge of that? Well, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't know, actually. What's your rating? I I can't imagine it's like eight. Maybe it's an eight. I mean, I couldn't imagine it like a six. No, say. it's definitely above six. I, as much as this movie is flawed, <laughs> um, I really do appreciate the strange, offbeat nature of it. I, I love the dialogue. I, repeating myself a lot, but yeah, I just, I, I, this is definitely the kind of movie that I like. It's m- more writer-director-driven um, than your typical horror sequel. This isn't like Jaws 3, where it's, oh, it's Jaws, but it's uh, it's set in SeaWorld. Um, <laughs> it's not Friday the 13th Part 3. Oh, it's the same thing as the last two movies. Yeah. Teenagers getting s- slashed. You know, it's... It has a little bit more going on. It, it's trying to be something different while also still tying the themes from the first film uh, sort of like together in a nice little bow. And I think sort of concludes uh, that story in a in a somewhat effective way. And of course, and I think it has one of the great villain performances uh, in any movie I've ever seen, even though he's on screen for a very limited time. 
Brad Dorf is the man. So, with all that, <laughs> I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. What I thought. Good old 7 out of yeah, 10. Yeah, it's a good movie. 2. You hated it. No. 3. It's still pretty low. It's below average. Because I gave average. Reservoir Dogs a 2. Should have gave it a 1. But I can't believe you hated. That's the movie you really hated. This is the first thing you showed me. I was so disappointed because I'd heard so much about it. Like, oh, it's so badass, so cool. No, nothing happens. A lot happens in it, but you're just <laughs> like, you want car chases and boom, boom, shoop, 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 shoop. you want Fast and the Furious style. I want action. at least enough, like the same amount of action that Pulp Fiction had. It's a fucking movement. We not be in a fucking dirty warehouse the whole <laughs> fucking time. Movement. Can something happen? Whatever. We're not talking about that movie. But yeah, I would just because I, I give it a three because I don't like horror. But like, I can't even appreciate it as a good horror movie. This movie once again didn't scare me. But I like I the first one was funny. The demon was really hilarious in that one. So. It, I like that part of the movie. So I like I didn't like anything about this movie. Yeah, yeah, he's super but I'm not into those kind of characters. Yeah. Oh, he's super creepy and all that. Cool. I don't like that kind of character. You can give the best creepy performance ever. I'm still going to be like don't like it. <laughs> like like good on you. Two. <laughs> like you should be happy. <laughs> like why don't we get a lollipop? <laughs> um he didn't like his performance in this movie. Probably felt rushed. Yeah, he said he liked his performance better in the other version. But I don't know. I like his performance in both versions. Well, I'll never see the other version. <laughs> no. It's not even a completed film. Yeah, I'd probably hate it even more because I'd be like, God damn it, Lee, why are you showing me this? <laughs> I wouldn't be so cruel. <laughs> so cr- yeah, and plus you don't want to waste your own weekend. Um, yeah. Well, Dang. I know you didn't even get to talk about everything you wanted to, but maybe in some follow-up movie, maybe in some follow-up podcast, if we ever do that in the future, watch out for it. Um, you can talk more about it. Better, <laughs> like maybe like, yeah, or uh, maybe some other stuff. Maybe but we, we start did, putting I, out. I got I got across my main points. Yeah, which is the troubled na- nature. Hey, of hey guys, the look out this week. Maybe leave passes on some of the tidbits he couldn't talk about in the TikToks. Our TikTok game is going up, everybody. Follow us on TikTok. It's not the worst movie ever. Um, we're doing a. We've really upgraded our game up there. We're giving the highlights, actually, some tidbits, some stuff that we don't talk about in the podcast. Um, this week is Lee's movie, so look forward to his sultry voice. Um, sultry voice. Follow us on the Instagram. It's not the worst movie ever pod. Uh, you can find the podcast link in the bio. Obviously, you're listening to the podcast, but if you want to, if you're ever just trying to get to the next episode and you want to go or you want to go listen to some old episodes, if not, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Podbean. Uh, follow our personal Instagrams linked in the bio for our own little whatever other things we're doing. I got some stuff going on. I'll be shouting that out when it actually happens. Uh, that next week, look forward to the end of Spooktober with the rounding out of Twilight New Moon.
Yes, everybody. Lee let you know last week. But this week we're gonna be next week we're gonna be watching New Moon. Uh still haven't decided if we're gonna do a full uh watching of the whole trilogy in a row of my weeks, but most likely everybody, but we'll see. Next week we're definitely watching New Moon and I'm guessing the only thing we're going to say is I'm thinking this will be Lee's favorite movie because Lee likes sadness. All right. Um, please leave a uh, please uh, rate and review and share the podcast. It helps us out a lot. Helps us out with the algorithm. You know all that talk you hear if you listen to podcasts or watch YouTube videos. Um, but do it. Um, please and thank you. And we hope you enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you enjoy your week, and we hope you look forward to the next episode. Life is fun. Or is it stinky?